Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Talking in Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell here with Spencer Cowan and Philip Matthew here tonight. We're going to preview the 2019 NASCAR season. We've got a great season coming up. A lot of changes here in the Cup Series. Uh, a new rule package, which hit the track today at Las Vegas Motor Speedway for the first time. We'll discuss that a little bit later in the show. But a lot of changes. Jimmy Johnson's got a new crew for the first time in his career. Martin Truex Jr. at Joe Gibbs Racing instead of Fern Row Racing. Daniel Hemrick. He's had a new, he's a rookie of the year this year. Same thing with Ryan Priest. We'll discuss it all, guys, here tonight on Talking Circles. First of all, I want to get to is housekeeping. First thing I want to get to is housekeeping here. Uh, I want to thank John Harlow for, uh, it's been at least three or four years he was on the show for. Um, something's come up for him, unfortunately. Can't do it anymore, so we're going to go uh, with new co-hosts here, Spencer Cowan and Philip Matthew, here tonight on Talking Circles. Uh, they'll introduce themselves in a little bit. But let's get started here tonight on Talking in Circles. First of all, guys, I want to discuss the Chevrolet teams here tonight. Um, it was a really tough year for Chevrolet in 2018. The, it seemed like they could never get their feet under them with the Camaro. And the only Chevrolet who really had a lot of success was Chase Elliott. So let's start with Hendrick Motorsports. As I mentioned earlier, Jimmy Johnson's a new, got a new crew chief. Kevin Mandering's in there, over there uh, coming from the one car in the Xfinity Series to the 48. Chad Canals moves to William Byron in the 24th. Then it's, uh, you know, status quo there with Chase Elliott and Alan Gustafson and Alex Bowman and Greg Ives. Uh, Spencer, go to you first. What are your thoughts on Hendrick Motorsports' outlook here for the uh, 2019 season? How do you think they're going to do? How about you, Philip? Uh, your thoughts on, on, on HMS uh, for the 2019 season? Well, I figure, uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, I'm glad to be a part of this show, uh, Clayton. And uh, in terms of Hendrick Motorsports, I, Chase Elliott, of course, finally broke through, won his first race, and it was a big deal for um, his fan base and for the sport. They've been pushing to have him as basically like a savior in a sense. So having Chase Elliott win multiple races last year was a big deal. Uh, I don't, I figure he'll continue to progress. Uh, I also think that the change with crew chiefs between with Chad Canals and Jimmy finally separating uh, about for me as a Tony Stewart fan or whatever, about 15 years later than I needed to, but um the fact is uh their separation and going there's going in Chad Canals going with Will Byron and then mentoring Jimmy. I figure both teams will will end up getting a shot of you know, they'll they'll get a positive jolt of energy uh going into this season uh as it starts off because Jimmy wants to prove that he's not done. 
Will Byron had a rough year last year at times. The fact that he'll have one of the greatest crew chiefs ever as his man on the pit box is going to make him better. And, I mean, Alex Bowman, Bowman the showman, he's a 500 pole sitter from last year. Hendrick Motorsports is really good at those restrictor plate tracks. I know we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but uh, figure Bowman made the playoff last year, and I wouldn't. I would figure it'll be about the same kind of progress. Well, maybe he'll get his first win this year because I think Chevrolet in general has improved. Uh, curiosity, of course, is with the 48 and the 24. What do you think about the move uh, that Rick made there towards a, a really a crazy, unprecedented move, really, to, to move a, a, a combination that had seven championships and a, a ton of wins together? Um, and a lot of people were sort of saying, well, Jimmy Johnson might not be uh, where he was you know, five years ago. He's getting a little older, getting a little longer. Chad Kanas maybe has lost his touch. What do you think about that as far as – Let's, let's hear your opinion on William Byron. Do you think that will help William Byron? And how do you think a new crew chief, a guy who's sort of an engineer type uh, with Kevin Mendering going over there to the 48, how do you think that affects those two, two cars over there before we move on to uh, JTG racing? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for Jimmy, the guy's one of the greatest of all time. Whatever you want to think of him, whatever you want to think of Chad, the stats prove seven championships, five in a row, all these great things they both did together. Um, the greatest partnerships in, in NASCAR history, virtually all of them have broken apart, Richard Petty and Dale Inman. Um, you know, that's the most uh, iconic one of all. You know, David Pearson and the Wood Brothers. You think of Dale Earnhardt and Kirk Shelmerdine. It, there's great concrete driver combinations that break apart after a while. William Byron has, this is the first year, last year, the first year in his career that he hadn't won a championship. He had been on a roll where, or he had competed for a championship virtually every year of his career. He's a raw talent. Rick Hendrick wanted him in that ride because he sees the potential there. And I think for Chad Knauss, it's something where he gets to mold somebody and make him into this great driver. It's kind of like where he started when he was working on Jeff Gordon's pit crew as part of the Rainbow Warriors with Ray Everham. He feels like now he can be like Ray Everham and kind of mold a young talent into a great driver. Uh, I don't see it. I see it as a big positive for... Will Byron, because, yeah, you know, Darian Grubb, he's had his moments, both good and bad, in this sport, but I don't think he was the answer. I figure, of course, when you consider Chad Canals wants to prove he's still got it, and all these rule changes and all these things that we're going to discuss probably will play in, into his hand, because his strategy, he's one of the great strategists of all time, too. So, um, And working with a young guy who's hungry, and wants to prove himself, I think is going to make both part, both sides better on the 24. Uh, in terms of Jimmy, uh, Kevin Mendering has been working with Elliot Sadler, and um, mm-hmm. the reality is they got close to a championship a couple times here in the Xfinity series, and um, no offense to Elliot Sadler, but Jimmy Johnson's won 80-plus races and seven championships. 
and Jimmy Johnson is is got a chip on his shoulder, and he wants to go and prove everybody wrong. He's got a new sponsor and ally. I mean, it's a new old sponsor because they're like GMAC, but the whole other thing. The reality is, he, there's a lot there's a lot going on to where Jimmy wants to go and say, "Hey, I'm still here. You can't get rid of me that easy." And I think Kevin Mendering, the new voice on the pit box, is going to make Jimmy uh, feel better. It's going to be a different sound. He's had the same 17, 18 years of the same guy. It, it's probably a fresh voice, a different perspective. Somebody he already knows because Kevin Mendering was part of uh, some of the championships, I believe, over their, over the history of the 4018. So it's not somebody that's unfamiliar to him. And mm-hmm. I I personally figure Jimmy Johnson will, will be just fine and he'll end up back in victory lane again and uh, he'll be a contender as he has been for virtually his entire career. I hope so. I, you know, I like Jimmy. I think he's a great driver. Get doesn't get enough credit what happens with that 48 car. And uh, I'm, I'm just curious for, I think, both of them. I think it will help both of their careers if they win with somebody else. 917-889-8280 if you want to call Talking Circles tonight to discuss anything about 2019. Spencer Cowan also uh, co-hosting tonight here on Talking Circles. Um, I just want to get your opinion real quick, Spencer, on Hendrick Motorsports. How about Chase Elliott? He won three races last year, uh, all of them really coming in the second half of the year. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on his p- potential run for 2019? Do you think he, he's looked at as a championship contender? A lot of people thought in the playoffs last year, those last four, he was going to be in the last four and be a championship contender. But what are your thoughts here about Chase Elliott's 2019 season? Well, he's definitely got a lot of momentum on his side. You know, winning those three races and having a very, very strong playoff run, he has momentum going into 2019. So he was obviously the class of the field for Hendrick Motorsports. As we know, the other three didn't really do much. I think they struggled, you know, bringing in the new Camaro, the Z01. So I think he's definitely the new face of Hendrick. You know, Jimmy Johnson still is a seven-time champion, but he hasn't performed the way he should the past two years. So uh, Chase Elliott is definitely the the guy to represent Hendrick, in my opinion, from last year and moving on into this year. And last year I thought he had a shot to go to the championship four. He ran great um, in the playoffs. He so – Momentum is a huge thing in any type of sport. So with him having all that momentum, I think he can definitely, you know, shine in 2019 as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, when you look at Hendrick Motorsports and you look at where they were in the last couple of years, you're absolutely right. You hit the nail on the head. A guy we're not mentioning, and and, uh, I just want to talk about him quick before we move on. Alex Bowman had a pretty good year last year, didn't win a race, but I think he's somebody very interesting to keep an eye on. Remember, Hendrick Motorsports slash Junior Motorsports, however you want to call that Xfinity Series team, they now have an alliance with GMS Racing. I think part of the reason why Johnny Sauter was pushed out of that 21 uh, 21 truck in the truck series was to get Brett Moffitt into there into the Chevrolet camp and say, okay, you know, if Jimmy retires or something happens to one of our drivers, we can have Brett Moffitt in the Chevrolet fold. Something to keep an eye on as the 2019 season rolls along. Uh, the next Chevrolet team I want to talk about, because they have an alliance with Hendrick Motorsports, a strong alliance this year, they got Hendrick Engines, they couldn't get out of that ECR deal a year early, but now they got Hendrick Motorsports Engines, they're going to have an alliance there, 
Uh, that's Sweet TG Donnery Racing, the 47 and the 37. Ryan Priest takes over for AJ Almadinger in the 47 car. Um, it's Chris Buescher again in the 37. This team has been a top 20 to top 25 team for really their entire existence here. Uh, they have a lot of sponsorship. They're doing some very interesting things on the sponsorship front. Philip, we'll go to you first. What are your thoughts on JTD Daughtery's uh, chances here for 2019 season? Do you think they'll take a step in the right direction? How do you feel about Ryan Priest taking over for Amadinger? And what about Chris Buescher? I thought Buescher had a pretty good year last year in that 37 car. What are your thoughts on that whole organization here for 2019? Well, I I mean, with JTG Doherty, uh, they've always, I mean, I, I was a fan when they had Marcus Ambrose going all the way because of his time in V8 supercars and being a V8 supercar fan, so I followed him there and, you know, always had respect for AJ and uh, his abilities, especially on road courses. Um, as, and after he came back and was able to win Watkins Len, I think, though, for 2019, this is a really big step in terms of they're going to take a big step forward in terms of performance. Having that Hendrick Alliance, I believe, will uh, net uh, big games because when you think about teams that have had connections with Hendrick over time, most notably Stuart Haas, um, they've done relatively well. Uh, Chip Ganassi uh, has that. Uh, has a connection as well with Hendrick and Kyle Larson's benefited from that most most notably over in recent years. Lion Priest, I'm a mod. I, I being a Northeast guy like you are, Clayton. I mean, we North, being a modified fan, he's been a dominant figure on the modified circuit for many years, and he basically put his money on himself and said, "Hey, I'm going to run." a handful of races and I'll try to win in the Joe Gibbs racing car. And he did it. And that started this role to where now he's a rookie in the cup series. And it's pretty cool. I think that the 47 will take a step forward because Ryan Priest honestly is, I think a better overall um, stock car driver. Uh, he's proven himself in that Xfinity car at Joe Gibbs racing to be pretty solid and I believe they'll make a step, a positive step forward on that 47 car, and they'll be, it may not be immediately, it'll probably be second half of the year before we see the full progress and we see where they really are at. Um, some of the northeast tracks will probably do really well. I think New Hampshire in July will be a good sign to see where Ryan Priest really is because he's, he's like an expert there. In terms of Chris Buescher, I mean, going all the way back to his time at Roush, he's done a lot with less. Uh, he has a really solid crew chief in Trent Owens, one of the most underrated crew chiefs in the game. Uh, that team late in the season was really putting on some good runs. And he's Busher, former Xfinity champ, former ARCA champ. He's a... Uh, somebody that Ford wishes they had again. Uh, they lost him. The fact is Chris Buescher is a guy that could flirt with that chase uh, playoff bubble uh, this year if they can, you know, be consistent from the start of the season. It's all, I mean, all determined based on how they respond to this new uh, arrow and engine package deal that they've got going on that we'll discuss, but based on the progress they made 
at the end of last year, I really believe that Chris Buescher should yeah. be con- contender to make the playoffs. Right, and you make an excellent point about um, Trent Owens. I think he's a he's a key factor in that, and you know had some really good job. He did a really good job over there when he was at Turner Motorsports. Um, I think he's an underrated crew chief as well. So, uh, yeah, I think Petty as well. Busher's an interesting guy to keep. And Petty as well. He's an interesting guy to keep an eye on Busher this year because I just think he's going to be. He's a guy who could potentially take the next step up and be in that playoff conversation, like you said, Spencer. Uh, just to move along here, I'm going to give you a start uh, about Chip Ganassi, Chip Ganassi Racing, um, two car operation again this season. They're going to have Kurt Busch in the one with uh, Matt McCall back as a crew chief. They're also with the 42 and Kyle Larson there um, with Chad Johnson as the crew chief there. So what are your thoughts on, on, on Larson? Larson had a, a pretty good year. You know, the year before was much better. I think uh, the whole Chevrolet team was down last year because there's Camaro, like I said earlier, and he only had one really good race last year. What do you think about Larson? Do you think this is a rebound year for him? And how about Kurt Busch moving over from Stuart Haas Racing Two chip Ganassi racing for 2019. Um, I, you know, Kyle Larson and Chad Johnson have definitely proven they can go out and win races. Um, like you said, they did everybody struggle with the Chevy last year. So, as a whole Chevy team, you know, I feel like they have, you know, they have a year under their belt and they know what the car is capable of doing. Kurt Busch is a champion. He obviously has the talent with. Uh, behind the wheel so he can you know anywhere he go he's going to get the most out of the equipment um i mean you've seen him race with phoenix racing and to me that wasn't a top tier team it was a smaller team and he had some good finishes in it and ran well for what he had um you know kyle larson he can win in anything he gets in so with him and chad johnson still being in together they know what it takes to win races they know what it takes to run up front um, so I definitely think they have what it takes to run in the championship and compete for a championship. Um, moving forward, is Chip Canassi the best team out there? No, but they do have good equipment, and they, like I said, they have their stuff together. And with, you know, Kurt Busch moving over, I think that's good for Kyle Larson. You know, Kurt Busch is obviously more experienced, so they can work together. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's all it takes is a change for a team to get things going in the right direction because McMurray, you know, let's face it, he wasn't getting the job done. So I think uh, Chip Canassi is moving in the right foot, bringing over Kurt Busch and new sponsorship for the team. And the slightest, the slightest amount of change can go a long way. Absolutely. I, I think, and I don't want this to come off as bashing Jim McMurray, but I think in the one car uh, in 2019 in the driver department, they are – light years better than where they were in 2018 as far as the one car is concerned. Um, and, and Larson, I think he's a great driver. You talk about the talent the kid has. I, I'm not sure there's a driver out there right now with more raw ability than Kyle Larson. So it's going to be very interesting to see. How about, Philip, just a real quick comment I'm going to ask before we move on. How about DC Solar moving on from that organization? Uh, it looked, you know, DC Solar was, was going to sponsor their Xfinity Series team full-time with Ross Chastain. That fell apart. They also were going to do a significant amount of races with Kyle Larson. Now it doesn't appear to be the case. Now I know Chip's got a lot of money, and I know that uh, Rob Kaufman's there as well and Felix Sabata, so they got three owners with deep pockets. But do you think that will have any effect on them for the 2019 season? 
Uh, I mean, that's a good point, bringing up the whole DC Solar deal. It's a real shame for uh, Chastain because they were probably one of, if not the favorite, for the Xfinity title. Uh, that's for another show altogether. He just got signed back with JD Motorsports. And, but in terms of Larson, I think the Chili Bowl was a, was a sign of where some of his money is going to be coming from here in 2019. Uh, where he lost to uh, his boy Chris Bell right there on the line, basically, in the last lap. Uh, figure that McDonald's will be moving over there. Do I believe that it's going to be an issue to get through the whole year? Not as much as other teams. I figure Ganassi has plenty of pot. He, he funded cars out of his pocket and Indy cars, and he funded his cars out of his pocket in NASCAR, too, so... Um, and because he has this much invested in Larson, uh, I figure he'll be fine. And uh, I also figure there are other sponsors on the horizon that probably will be able to help him. Because, frankly, yeah. one of the boss, most best talent, you said most raw talent in the game, and when he's on, is unbelievable to watch. He really is. He's he's phenomenal. And, you know, I hope he had this package doesn't take that away from Kyle Larson uh, that when we see his raw ability, I think it's something amazing. Next Chevrolet team I want to dissect here a little bit, guys. RCR, Richard Childress Racing, two-car operation this season. They're now going to be number three cars and the number eight car, the 31 car from last year, which had Ryan Newman aboard, moves to the number eight. Daniel Hemrick from Kannapolis, North Carolina, is going to drive the eight car. Also, Dylan, of course, returns in the three car. Uh, Danny Stockman's the crew chief for the three. Luke Lambert, continues in his role where he was with the number 31 with the number eight with Daniel Hemrick there this season. This is a team here, guys, who has really, really struggled. I mean, um, they have – they didn't make a chase last year. A lot of their alliance teams last year struggled, whether it was the 13, whether it was the 43 last year. Everybody in that organization from the bottom up struggled. We saw a little bit more speed out of that team at the end of the year. Uh, but what do you think – Spencer, I'll start with you. What do you think about losing – uh, a veteran like Ryan Newman and bringing in a rookie like Daniel Hemrick. Do you think that will hurt this team? Do you think it might rejuvenate this team where you get a young guy in there who can bring you know, new life and, and, and a fresh attitude and a fresh look at things? What are your thoughts on Richard Childress Racing for 2019? Uh, like I said last, uh, you know, a small change can go a very long way and make a big impact. Um, I think it's going to help them. You know, with Ryan Newman being there, they – like you said, they weren't running well. You know, they started off the uh, year winning the Daytona 500, but as we all say, anybody can win at a restrictor plate racetrack. So I think with bringing in a new face and some guy that and a guy that has a different perspective than Ryan Newman can, uh, you know, change ways about and change how they uh, run their operation. And um, you know, Austin Dillon, he's not running up front. I mean, he's doing okay, but with the equipment he has, he should definitely be running better. So in my opinion, I think it's definitely going to help out the whole RCR group and, you know, it, you know, can lead them to the right direction. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what Hemrick does, you know, uh, Philip, and we can group these guys together. Um, what do you think about that whole Hedrick Motorsports group? How, what's your opinion on Hemrick quick? And what do you think about the other two guys? I, I sort of grouped them together because they're all sort of uh, Richard Childress Racing, excuse me, Richard Childress Racing cars, um, whether it's the 43 with the Bubba Wallace 
who seems to have a limited sponsor sponsor this year, um, or it's the 13 with Jermaine Racing and Austin Ty Dillon there. What are your thoughts on, on the RCR teams there, and how do you think what their outlook is here for the 2019 season? I mean, in terms of, you know, what we were just talking about there, I mean, it, I, Austin Dillon has won in both other both the trucks in the Xfinity Series. Uh, he's won two races in Cup, uh, two of the biggest races. Uh, his progress in the sport has been slow but steady. Uh, his grandfather has kind of brought him along the way. It shows a lot about what Kevin Harvick did in those cars, and it shows how good Kevin Harvick really is, uh, how he was able to carry that organization and where they've been since he left. Uh, in terms of Daniel Hemrick, I've been a fan for a long time. I'm also a fan of his beautiful wife, but that's a whole other thing. Uh, the fact that Daniel Hemrick's a re- he's a real racer, he's an old school guy, uh, he's hard nosed, and I think his perspective is going to bring a new energy as well. And I think, in terms of that rookie battle, there's a little bit of an advantage to Daniel Hemrick. Uh, why? I mean. I just feel the more experience on these tracks, both in the trucks and the Xfinity, will go in his favor, uh, at least early, where every point counts in the rookie battle. In the overall, in terms of RCR as an overall organization, uh, Bubba Wallace on the mark. Uh, in terms of Bubba, he's a really good. He's a really good guy. He's really popular. Uh, the Petty organization struggling for sponsorship. I'm worried about their viability over the entire season. They're going to show themselves over in spurts. Early in the season, they were really solid, and then they fell off and then had some um, epic crashes and bad moments. And the fact of the matter is I don't know where they're going to be. They got a new crew chief today. Uh, I figure the fact that somebody that actually wants to be there is going to be working with them is a plus because it doesn't seem like Jubilee and Zerfer is really interested in being there. In terms of the 13 and uh, Ty Dillon, I don't know where that's going. Uh, it's Ty Dillon, I thought Ty Dillon going there would at least make them look at least marginally better than what they were when they had like Casey Mears or whoever, and unfortunately, it just seems like they're running the, exactly the same. Uh, I've always thought that Austin, Ty Dillon was, had as much, if not more, talent than Austin, but he hasn't been able to prove it. Uh, we'll see what this new rules package does. Maybe it'll equal out things, and maybe it'll give them an opportunity. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's been... It's been tough to watch Ty Dillon in the back of the pack all these races for for Jermaine. Uh, they go out and get Matt Borland, who's a, a good engineer, and it really turned into a, a situation where they were – points last year, you forgot they were even in the race. It got that mm-hmm. bad last year for them. So, um, you know, they I think for both Austin and Ty, and, and these are two different things, both of them, you need to see some some improvement from both of those cars this year. You know, I think Austin, yeah. I think Austin's on his third or fourth crew chief in the Cup Series. Uh, Ty, you know, I, I don't think I'm asking too much to finish 25th in points, which he hasn't done yet, and got a couple of top, little off a couple, a couple of top tens. So, um, both of those drivers, I think, both the Dillon boys need to have improvement. I'm not saying they have to make the playoffs. I think Austin should be in the conversation, but they, I think we need to see some significant improvement from both of those drivers here to call 2019 a success. 
Moving on to the Let me just say one thing guys. before you go on, go Clayton. In terms of this, uh, the amount of crew chiefs he's gone through, the reality is this. They should have put Danny Stockton with Austin from the beginning because the reality is the best that Austin's done in his career is with Danny Stockton as his crew chief. And Danny Stockton's been with other drivers and won. He's won with Ty. He's won with – I mean, Daniel Hemrick was the – of course, is the exception, but he's been close. He's won with other guys. The reality is Danny and him have a great relationship. We talk about Jimmy and Chad, and it's a big, big reach. But the reality is when you have a good combination, you have a good chemistry, you keep that together. And I really believe that that's that next step where Austin can go because now he has his guy. I feel like that's going to be someone who makes a big step this year because he has a crew chief that knows what he wants. Interesting. Interesting. I think that that's certainly the, the, the uh, would be a good step in the right direction. I thought Slugger Labby was a great crew chief for him. I'm not sure what happened with that. Uh, it was a very <laughs> awkward situation. They had the penalty that they didn't even start the race or qualifying. It was kind of a crazy situation before they got rid of Slugger. But to move on, let's go to the Ford teams, guys. And Ford, you look at their 2018 season, they were tremendous. Uh, Stuart Haas racing, especially when you look at what Stuart Haas has done, did a, a, last year. They won a lot of races. Amarola won once. Kurt Busch won a couple of times. Border won a couple of times. And then, of course, Kevin Harvick won, what, nine races last year? Had a tremendous, tremendous season. Um, Philip, I'll start with you. Um, what do you think about Stuart Haas? And what do you think about Daniel Suarez? The one change there with that organization is Kurt Busch moving. Not sure uh, if Kurt – I think Kurt may, took a step back a little bit going to – Ganassi um, from Stuart Haas Racing. But what do you think about him, um, excuse me, Suarez? This is a guy who I think you could look at him almost like a Joey Logano. Okay, this is your ride to show us where you can go. He, didn't, he, he made very public comments about how he really felt sort of left out at Joe Gibbs Racing, didn't feel like they were giving him the full effort. Well, now they're going to give you the full effort, Daniel, at the 41 car. This is his opportunity. These next two years are critical for Daniel Suarez's career. If he don't win, it's going to be a, it could be a Danica type exit for him where everybody's like oh my gosh he was going to be really good and then he fell off completely. What are your thoughts about Suarez going to the 41 and Stuart Haas as a whole for 2019? Well, I mean the reality is he's already ahead of her and the fact that he actually won an Xfinity championship and he's won races in NASCAR uh, in that sense. Uh, I also. In a lot of ways, I look at it not as much as Joey Logano as I look at it as Eric Almirola, who was a teammate. Uh, he had, he had, he did well in the lower series, finished second in trucks, third in Xfinity, and then when he went into Cup, he struggled at times, you know, in his initial rides, and then at the Petty Camp, it was difficult over the time. He won the one race. I think Daniel Suarez will take a step forward because frankly how are you not going to get better when you're around the guy like Kevin Harvick when you have Tony Stewart as your owner when you have Clint Boyer as experience almost won a championship you have Eric Almirola had a career year last year and you have Billy Scott and that whole group who's uh, who's recovered from being at the back had Kurt Busch they contended for polls and wins on a weekly basis last year the the reality is Daniel Suarez, I figure, I mean, the reality is he has to put up or shut up. Uh, I mean, I do believe he'll have more support at Stuart Haas than he, will, than he ever would have at, at Gibbs. And so that means he's already in a better place. 
in terms of Stuart Haas overall, the team has gotten – they've just worked on what they had. The Mustang is going to be the key. You know, how does their new rules package relative to this new Ford Mustang, how does that all work out? Are they going to have a similar – is it going to be closer to what Toyota had when they brought along the new Camry, or is it going to be more like last year with the Chevy and there was like this disaster where they're running terrible. Um, most everyone's running terrible. I don't think Kevin Harvick will be the anomaly or the Penske guys too, but the reality is that Ford package and how that new arrow and the engine, the whole deal works is going to be a key to dictate across the board, Stuart Haas, Penske, and everyone else. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I completely agree, Ford. There, it's like you said. It's all depending on how the Mustang goes. You know, if it goes like you said, like uh, Chevrolet did last year, they're in trouble. If it goes like the Toyota did the year before, they're being good shape. If it's a little bit in between, we'll see. You know, but um, it's been very interesting to see Ford how to do it, and they did it because they wanted to sell more Mustangs. They were sort of getting out of the car, the car business a little bit. Um, but as far as competitiveness, you look at it in the Cup Series, you go, well, why would they do something like that? Because they were overly competitive a year ago. Another Ford team, Spencer, I want to get your opinion on is uh, the Team Penske guys. And, and, and included in that group, obviously, I, I think it's the Wood Brothers, too, because they're a very strong alliance. They went Wood Brothers crew chiefs over there. Um, or, excuse me, Team Penske crew chiefs over there. Uh, Paul Menard there is the driver on that 21 car. Then you got the 12 of, of Ryan Blaney. Uh, he's with Jeremy Bowens again next season, this season coming up. Uh, and then you got Brad Kislowski and the defending champion Joey Logano back as well in 22. Um, what are your thoughts on Team Penske for 2019? I think they're going to – well, it all depends how, you know, like uh, Matthew said, if they struggle with the Ford right out the gate. Um, I'll start with Paul Menard first. You know, I think after – once Paul Menard got into the Wood Brothers car, I think that team kind of took a little step back. They didn't really perform like they did with Ryan Blaney in the car. Um, there's only one way to describe Ford's uh, – uh, success last year's holy cow I mean they were winning races they were always up front they were beating the dog the dog crap out of everybody um I you know look they walked away with the championship so I think Ford you know they're I think Penske's going to be the same if the uh, new Ford Mustang doesn't give them any problems um I think they're you know they're going to compete for wins and you know possibly another championship um I think Ryan Blaney going to team Penske was you know better for him um, but as a, as a, as a whole organization with team Penske with Ford, I obviously, you know, I, I'd give them a B plus, maybe an A, they, they won the championship and they're winning races and they're up front. Um, you know, Brackislawski is obviously a veteran. He's a champion. Joey Legano is a champion. Ryan Blaney has wins and, you know, Paul Menard has a win, but you know, it's Paul Menard. So, uh, but, yeah, I think Team Penske is – if the Mustang doesn't give them any problem, I think they'll be just as good or, if not better, than what they were in 2018. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, Team Penske is an organization that they're, they're really – the last 10 years, they've really been uh, on top of their game there. Uh, Philip, real quick on, on Team Penske, you know, you got Kislowski there who we didn't mention. I feel like Kislowski is a guy – he's one of the few drivers, I think there's about eight or ten of them in this sport that can win anywhere at any time. He proved that with his three consecutive wins last year. What are your thoughts on Brad Keselowski's um, outlook for 2019? 
I figure for Brad, I mean, if you follow, you can follow me on social media. It's probably a giveaway with uh, Brad. But uh, the thing is, when he won the Southern 500, albeit he got help from Larson's pit crew, but the fact is he won the Southern 500, set him on the track to go, and then they won the Brickyard with a different rules package, a similar rules package to what they're going to be using this year. And uh, then he won at Las Vegas three races in a row. They got on a run there. It was a long time coming. The reality is Joey finally won a championship after 10 years. I think his his teammate winning a championship is going to give a you know a swift kick for for Brad and Paul Wolf there to go and say, hey, we need to go and win our second championship here, and it's going to all be dictated by this car, honestly, after what happened with Chevy. Um, I mean, it doesn't matter how good you are. I mean, the the best of the best in terms of driver Kuchi combinations, you're talking about, you know, with Harvick and Rodney, but then also with Brad and Paul. Uh, they, mm-hmm. If they can get ahead of this deal, if they can be out front with this new rules package, especially on these cookie-cutter tracks, could be a real problem for everybody, honestly, with uh, yeah. the fact that Brad won on three different types of tracks in three different we- in three weeks in a row last year and during the playoff around the playoff. It could be a real difficult deal for everybody else. Yeah, and and something interesting you mentioned about Kozlowski and Logano, you know, when you think about the longest tenure crew chiefs now uh, with Knauss and, and Jimmy Johnson breaking up. Paul, uh, Brad Kozlowski and Paul Wolf are, are there. And then it's, I, th- I think second or third on that list would be Joey Logano and uh, Todd Gordon. So it's like they got yep. two of the longest driver tenure crew chief combinations there. they got two of the longest ones in the sport right now, something to keep an eye on. I also think Brad, and he doesn't get enough credit for this, is far and away the best plate racer in the Cup Series right now. I mean, he, he goes to a plate race. It's unbelievable to watch him. So I think he's certainly the, one of the favorites, if not the favorite, to win the Daytona 500 in a couple of weeks. Uh, the next Ford team I want to talk about is Rush Fenway Racing. Here's an organization that, man, how times have changed. Ten years ago, they were on top of the sport. You think about the 2009 season, they had five race cars. Uh, now they're down to two. Ryan Newman moves into the six. Um, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. stays at the 17. Uh, Bain's out. Bain, you know, obviously we all know, all know that situation last year. Doesn't seem like Bain has anything if you're keeping track of that um, for next season. But Philip, I want to get your thoughts on, on, on Rash Fenway here. I think Stenhouse is a pretty good driver. They just haven't really seemed to find their legs in the last couple of years. Well, Ryan Newman, an engineer background, he's, he's got an engineer degree from Purdue. Uh, do you think that will help that organization make the steps in the right direction? Because it's, it's been a long time since we saw Rash Fenway be Rash Fenway. Yeah, I'm, I mean, the fact is you consider where they were you know, 2005, they had half of the teams in the what is now called the playoff. Uh, now they're just another team. The hiring of Ryan Newman is going to provide that new perspective. It's going to provide somebody who understands the cars. And it probably, Ryan Newman, the way that Matt Kenseth did last year in when he took over basically in that six car, based on what he knew from being at Joe Gibbs and then moving back to Roush, Fenway, 
I think that going from RCR and then knowing his Penske and then his own personal background, I think what Newman's going to do is quantify what Ricky Stenhouse has been saying for many years, that they're way behind and that they need to make, they need to do a lot of work. It's nowhere near the same team as it was, you know, when they had, they had Kenseth Biffle and Edwards and Mark Martin and all that back in the day. I figure that it will be a positive having Newman. Um, There'll be a lot of aggro going on because Newman drives everybody hard. And Ricky Mm -hmm. is checkers or wreckers. He's been that way his whole career. When he's had the best of it, he's proven in an Xfinity series he's tough to beat. He's won two cup races, um, albeit plate races, but the fact is he's won. Uh, they'll be fine on some of these tracks, but it's possible that the new the new package might play in their favor. Uh, when you have yeah. somebody like like Ricky Stenhouse who did a lot of work in the Xfinity series, maybe it'll make them even better with the more drag. Uh, with Newman, who knows? He's been kind of the same thing since about 2006. So, you know... I think mm-hmm. his addition will make him better on the back end in the garage, in the shop, and making better cars in terms of the driving. Who knows? Absolutely. Listen, I, I think one of the most underrated moves that Ross Fenway had this year was the addition of Scott Graves as a crew chief for Ryan Newman. And, and you can say, well, Graves struggled really bad with Daniel Suarez. But, you know, he was brought in. He won a championship in the Xfinity Series with him. He was brought in from – if you remember, Roush had him at first. They were going to move him to, to really have him learn the ropes of the Cup Series with Chris Buescher in a 34, and then he upped and left and went to Joe Gibbs. Um, so they got him back. And, you know, you can say what you want, but it's very rare that you see a top-level crew chief that was on a top team leave that top organization and go to another organization. Maybe Scott Graves can say, hey, hey, this is how they do it at Joe Gibbs Racing when I was there. I can't believe you guys are still doing it that way. Here's what I know. Let's put what we learned, what I learned at Joe Gibbs Racing last year into these Rosh Fenway cars, and we'll be a better race team. Something to keep an eye on here for 2019. Spencer, uh, another team that is aligned with Rosh Fenway, our team that's aligned with Rosh Fenway, is Front Row Motorsports. They had a lot of changes as far as the crew chiefs are concerned, uh, and they added a team. They added Matt Tift. He'll drive the 36 car, comes up from the Xfinity Series with Richard Childress Racing. They keep David Reagan in the 38 and Michael McDowell in the 34. Reagan keeps his crew chief. He will still have uh, Seth Barber there next season. But Mike Kelly comes up from the Xfinity Series from Rash Fenway. He will move into the, the crew chief over there with uh, Matt Tift. And then Michael McDowell will have uh, Drew Blickensurfer, who was with Rash Fenway for a while. Then he went to Rich Childress. Then he went to Richard Petty Motorsports. And now he's over here at Front Row. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on Front Row Motorsports' outlook here for 2019. I'm uh, I'm a, actually a really big fan of Front Row Motorsports. You know, they started small and they're gradually working their way up bigger and bigger each year. Um, you know, I think as a team, they're, they run decent with what they have. You know, David Reagan's a veteran driver. Michael McDowell's a veteran driver. They, uh, You know, Michael McDowell has a win in the Xfinity Series. David Reagan has a couple wins in the Cup Series. And Matt Tiff, he showed that he's had talent in the Xfinity Series. And for them to bring him over, he could be a good addition to the team. He's young. He's going to go for it. He's going to get everything he can out of a race car. 
Um, but each year, in my opinion, I think this t- this organization gets better and better. Um, I mean, you probably know this team better than all three of us with your guy over there. But each year, I feel like they run better and they just make smaller steps in towards the right direction so they can eventually be a big team and be up front and competing for wins. And I've listened to interviews of Bob Jenkins, and that's his goal was to start small and work big and do it himself. And, you know, he's – he's on his he's on the right track for his goal if you know in my opinion him doing that each year getting better and better and as a as an organization for what they have i'd give them maybe a c plus maybe a b on how they run with what they have so um i think everything we'll see how this year goes with matt tiff and then but every year they get better and better yeah it's an interesting concept because last time they went to three teams you know they had a the rules kind of bit them. They didn't have, they weren't able to get a charter for that 35 car when, when uh, Cole Witt was there when they had three cars. But before that, they had a three car operation with Kevin Conway. Philip, if you remember, all the way back to those days. And it was tough for them because they couldn't make races. You know, Conway really struggled well, yeah. in his rookie, rookie year in the Cup Series. But now they got the charter. And you could say Tiff, and I yeah. thought Tiff needed maybe a year, maybe a two, four in the Xfinity Series. But he's here in Cup. Uh, and he's locked in every race, so they don't have to worry about that like they did maybe five, ten years ago when they started that third team up. Um, do you think they, it's possible that they stretch themselves a little too thin here with the third car, or do you think this is the right opportunity for them to move the three teams and really build this organization? I think this team every year gets a little bit better, a little bit closer to the pack. It's a long battle. He likes building his own chassis, Bob Jenkins over there. He could easily align and be like what we've seen with Furniture Racing the last few years. But he wants to do it the right way, build his own chassis. He's been doing that. It's been a tough, tough haul for that organization. But here they are with a three-car team. What are your thoughts, John? Or excuse me, Phil, real quick on the 2019 season for Front Row Motorsports. I mean, with Matt Tift, I mean, he's been a guy that's had uh, the backing, and that's helped him with getting the Gibbs, getting the RCR, and now getting this cup opportunity. I mean, thinking back to when they had Kevin Conway is, I mean, I'll say this about Matt Tiff. Kevin, uh, Matt Tiff's a way better driver than Kevin Conway. And just based on that and that alone, it'll be a positive. The fact that the charter or whatever, having a guaranteed spot is going to help. They are going to have their moments. It's going to be a struggle for that team particularly, uh, being a new uh, team. But in fact, when you have McDriver there, when you have David Reagan, who's been around a long time, uh, he's great on restricted play racetracks. Uh, Michael McDowell's good on the road courses, makes some moves on short tracks. The reality is all these different pieces together, you know, could net some real positives. Bob Jenkins has done it the right way. He's had so many drivers, a laundry list of drivers. Um, the great, uh, I mean, we have John Andretti, he used to drive for them, and a lot of guys. And I mean, the the fact that they've gotten to this point where there's big organizations that only have two teams, and Front Row Motorsports has three, tells you that, you know, obviously they're, they're making a positive step, and it should be moving forward. Hopefully, it'll mean greater things for them here in 2019. I figure they'll. It's it goes back to the original point about how good Ford is. If if it's if they're good, then they'll if the Ford Mustang's good, they'll be good. If the Ford Mustang's bad, it'll look like how 
you know, affiliate teams for Chevy did last year. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be, again, it's going to be very interesting, like you said, with the Mustang. And the other four teams I want to get to quick, uh, Go Fast Racing. They are going to be back full-time this year. They have a charter as well. Uh, Corey LaJoy is going to drive that 32 car. Matt D. Benedetto has moved on. Um, Corey LaJoy was with the 72 car last year. We saw him at BK Racing the years before that. Uh, this is his first full-time ride with a pretty good team. Uh, with, I should say with a team that, that's going to run the full schedule, at least for sure he will run the full schedule. Rashi Engine's over there as well. Randy Cox returns as crew chief. So go fast racing. It's going to be interesting to see what they can perform. Their team's still building, still on their way up. And Corey Joy hopefully will make them take the next step uh, in 2019. We'll move to Toyota now, guys, uh, as Toyota is a very interesting group of, of teams, you know, really five big teams, and, and, and that's it right now. Um, when you look at Joe Gibbs Racing's four and Levine Family Racing, Furniture Row is shut down. I mean, if you were living under a rock and you didn't know that, yes, they're done. Barney Visser closed up shop, sold their charter to Spire Racing, which will have James McMurray in the Daytona 500, and then Quinn Health later on, among other drivers. Um, so the 78's gone. The 95 moves from Chevrolet to Toyota, has an alliance with Joe Gibbs Racing. But let's talk about JGR here first. Very interesting team. Uh, I think this team's going to be very strong. They have, I think when you group their four drivers together, it is, it's unbelievable. I think it's, it can go against any four drivers in this sport. Uh, Danny, Hamlin, Danny Hamlin's a championship contender year in, year out. Kyle Busch, you could argue, is the best driver in the sport. Um, Martin Truex Jr., we see what he can do the last few seasons. And then you got a youngster in Eric Jones who I think is on his way up. I don't think he's there yet to be a championship contender, but he's certainly a playoff contender every year. He's going to be a playoff contender this year. He's got the speed. They got the team over there. I think Jones needs needs to blossom a little bit more before he can be a championship contender. Um, But but Philip, what are your thoughts here on Joe Gibbs Racing? What what's their outlook for 2019? Yeah, I mean Joe Gibbs Racing. Ever since they went to Toyota, this is going back 10, 11 years ago. They've been uh, an elite-type team. Uh, they hired Kyle Busch at that point, and Kyle Busch, over his time with Joe Gibbs Racing, more years than not, has been pretty good, more so since his injury. Uh, he took another step forward once he came back from that injury, won that championship, won a lot of races. Once he got Adam Stevens on his pit box, it proves the talking about the crew chief driver combinations. Uh, he's been a different kind of guy. He's always had the talent and ability. Uh, one of the best raw talents I've ever seen in my life is watching a race, watching racing. And I've been watching racing for most of my life. And the reality is they're not going away. That 18 car isn't going to go away no matter what they do, no matter what the rule change is. Taking horsepower away is probably even better for Kyle Busch because it fits into him because he wins like 8,000 Xfinity and truck races, so it probably works in his favor. Uh, Overall, the Joe Gibbs Racing team has the kind of talent and ability to be really difficult to to handle. I also think there's a lot of combustible parts like Kyle Busch, like Martin Truex, like Denny Hamlin, that could uh, it could end up looking really bad, uh, but who knows? I mean, I think what uh, what I was thinking about earlier is like the JD. If there was any issues like with the characters of these some of these characters of these drivers, 
I think the passing of J.D. Gibbs is going to be a uniting factor. It's going to be something that drives that organization to do better. I think it could really make a big difference in terms of like how when Hendrick with the the unfortunate, untimely plane crash mm-hmm. they had in 2004 and how it united the whole organization and put Jimmy Johnson and Jeff Gordon to try to, to get that championship for all those family members that passed away. Um, they didn't get it as Kurt Bush did, but the fact is I think J.D. Gibbs' passing is going to be a uniting factor, and the fact that you bring in you bring in Cole and you bring in Martin from the '78, you bring most you bring a lot of the pieces from the '78 that were there uh, that wanted to move. I guess uh, it's going to bring a different perspective. They had the technology, they had the access to what they were doing, but I think him being in that 19 car, the 19 car kind of will go back to where they were with. Either it's going to go back to where they were with Carl Edwards when they were a few laps away from a championship, or it's going to fall flat on its face. It's one or the other, really. It's a light switch kind of thing, in my opinion, when it comes to that, because everything about Joe Gibbs Racing is about the 18 car. Uh, They do want her to make progress, and I figure he will. He's got the potential and the talent. He's one of those rising stars in this sport and he's the future of Joe Gibbs Racing, and they're going to bring him along and make sure he's doing it right. And, I mean, Chris Bell, obviously, is kind of sneaking around there, and he's hidden there, but it's him and it's Chris Bell and Eric Jones that are the future of Joe Gibbs Racing, and they're going to bring him along the right way. And But it's all about the 18, really, and I don't think they're going away. There's no way. Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, you brought up a good point about Cole Pern. I think that is going to be a very underrated get for Joe Gibbs Racing, and you said they were t- close with him anyway with Furniture Row, but having him in your building, having him help your race cars out, it's completely different. I think he's one of the top three crew chiefs in the sport. Spencer, what are your thoughts on Joe Gibbs Racing? Also, you know, they got a new alliance this year. Um, Furniture Row, like I said, is gone. It's Levine Family Racing over there. Matt Benedetto is going to be the driver of uh, the 95 car this season with Toyota, what is what is what do you think his expectations are for 2019? Um, with Di Benedetto going over there, this guy who a lot of people looked at and said he's a, he's a really good young driver. He's been in the Joe Gibbs Racing fold before. I know it was 10 years ago um, when he's a real young kid, but he's worked his way up slowly. Started at BK, made a name for himself, then the 32, and now he's with a pretty good team here with Levine family. What are your thoughts on his outlook for 2019? I'm so excited. I. I tell my girlfriend every day I'm so excited for speed weeks to get here so I can see how he's going to run. She's probably tired of hearing me say it, but he, he's the type of driver that will get anything. He'll get everything out of his equipment. He'll, uh, he'll finish. He'll get a higher finish in what the car is capable of doing. He's one of the fan favorites. He's always trying to do stuff with the fans. Um, but I think with them going with aligned with uh, Joe Gibbs racing is only going to help that team. I mean, Look what you guys just talked about with Joe Gibbs Racing. Joe Gibbs Racing is an unbelievable organization. They compete for championships year in and year out. I mean, look what Martin Truex Jr. and Cole Pern did once they were aligned with Joe Gibbs. It was like a whole, it was a whole new game. So uh, I, I feel like them being with um, Joe Gibbs Racing is only going to help that team. There's no negative about it at all, in my opinion. Um, I think he's a very yeah, talented sure. race car driver. Oh, I, I completely agree, for sure. 
And before we move on, Philip, you brought up an interesting point. I just want to get your opinion on it because we've talked about this at length on this show before with the previous co-hosts and I. And I just want to get your opinion on it before we move on to the smaller teams and then the rule package. Christopher Bell, he's a very interesting driver for next season. Um, you look at Joe Gibbs in the landscape there, nobody's really going to move, I don't think. Hamlin, I, I think he's pretty safe. A lot of people might point at that and say, well, eh. but Kurt, you know Kyle's not going anywhere. Tulex just got there, and they moved Matt Kenseth, out of the, Matt Kenseth out of the ride to bring in Eric Jones. I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't want to get too far off track, so if you can keep it brief, what do you think, Christopher Bell, where do you think he's going to go for 2020? Because that's something I think as we get 2019, these things happen. These rides and, 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 and the silly season happens earlier every year. It happens uh, earlier than you think. And I think Joe Gibbs has a plan. Do you see maybe the Levine family starting up a second car? What are your thoughts on Christopher Bell's 2020 season? I know 2019 hasn't even started, but I think it's got to be on our radar for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great point, Clayton. I, the, the reality is Toyota's made a big investment uh, with Chris Bell. He's a three-time Chili Bowl champion now uh, with Keith Coons and all that. And he, he was the best driver last year uh, up until when it counted at Homestead. Uh, they had a couple of rough races during the playoff, and, it, and then also at Homestead it just did not work out. The Levine family racing is nowhere near where Furniture Row was when they got the Toyota help. So they're not in a position where I think they could even expand the two teams. I don't think they're going to have their moments this year. They're going to be a lot better because the fact that the Levine family racing was a lot. They had their moments when they had Michael McDowell. They really didn't do anything last year. Whoever was driving their car, uh, they'll make progress. But I don't think they're ready to make a two-car team. Uh, it didn't work out in a lot of ways for Furniture Row. Uh, in terms of what do I think is going to happen in Chris Bell, I, to me, Toyota hat has made this big investment in him. And J.D. Gibbs, as I mentioned, is not here. And if there's one person that's been a bigger champion of Denny Hamlin than anybody, it's J.D. Gibbs. Now, J.D. Gibbs isn't here anymore. Fine, FedEx loves, loves Denny Hamlin. But the reality is we know what Denny Hamlin is. We know what Denny Hamlin's about. He had his first win the season of his career. He's not really been a championship contender over the last few years. Do you want to have the guy who could be the next big thing, who could be the second coming of Tony Stewart at Joe Gibbs Racing, or do you want to continue on with Denny Hamlin and just go on and see what nonsense is going to happen? The, to me, it's the move is Denny's out at the 11, and they put Chris Bell. They probably are going to do something else and they're going to adversely affect both Chris Bell and the teams overall. But to me, that's the move. And frankly, if I did, if it were me, I would have went even for one step further, and I would have put him in the 11 car this year and said, screw it. You know, the guy did well enough last year in an Xfinity car uh, that he wanted to be a cup driver. He said it, and then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you know, Reverend Gibbs and all of them got to him and said, hey, you're going to be in Xfinity next year. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah I like being in Xfinity. He's a cup <laughs> champion. He could have been the Xfinity champion last year. He won the most races. He's ready for cup. And I figure he'll be Interesting. in the car Daytona 2020. The only thing I have about that, and I don't want to, again, I don't want to get too far off track with that because we could go on, I think, all night about the possibilities of where he yeah. might be able to go and talk about Toyota and how many drivers they've lost in the past. 
I wonder how much FedEx is going to have to do with say with that because they've had Hamlin for a long time, and you think of FedEx, you think of that eleven car, you think of Benny Hamlin. He's sort of the face for FedEx. I wonder how much they're going to have a say in that as well as we move forward. But you bring up good points there for sure. Um, a couple other teams that that we didn't get to talk to. And I'll touch on briefly. Starcom Racing, they'll be back double zero. They have a charter this year. Landon Castle running full time with that team. Also Ross Chastain in the fifteen. He's going to run the Daytona five hundred for that car and. Uh, he will run the full season in that car, most of the season, it sounds like, in that car as well. Um, and then you have the two Rick Ware racing cars. You know, we're not really sure who the drivers are going to be. Mike Wallace mentioned it one. Uh, I know Cody Ware is going to run some races, including the Daytona 500 and the 51. So keep your eye out for that. Haven't heard a lot about um, TriStar Motorsports this year. It doesn't sound like they'll race. And then uh, Spire Motorsports as well, uh, something to keep an eye on as well. They have a charter too. So Obeka as well, they're going to they've announced they're going to run the full season Obeka Racing. Um, they said that before and they've sort of fizzled out, but uh, we'll see if that's the case for sure. So, okay, guys, I want to end the show on talking about the rule package for 2019. Um, I, I know uh, we we can't go all night into it, but let's give our predictions. I mean. Um, I'm, I'm an old school fan. I'll, I'll come out right now and say that I'm an old school fan. I, I think, um, this rule package is not one I would have went with, but I'm willing to give it a chance. Uh, I, I wasn't jumping up for joy about what happened at Charlotte motor speedway in the all-star race. Um, but again, I'm willing to give it a chance. Um, Spencer, I'll start with you. What do you think about the new rule package for 2019? Uh, how do you think it's going to affect the racing? Uh, if at all, what are your thoughts? Well, me and you have obviously talked off air, and you kind of already know how I feel about it. But the the biggest problem is it's not going to really show who has the better race car, in my opinion. Um, let's mention the all-star race. You had A.J. Allmendinger running up front. Does he do that on a regular basis when there's not this rule package? No. The only good that it comes, in my eyes, the only good that comes out of it is for smaller teams to get better finishes and have a shot, like, you know, smaller C-plus teams, to have a shot at winning races. Um, I'm against it. I don't think it's it's fine doing it at the All-Star race. I thought the All-Star race was fun. It gave the uh, the fans something more excitement. I think that's all NASCAR is trying to do is fill the, uh, fill the seats in the grandstands. But I think for the racing side of it, I – I'm totally against it. You're not going to see who has the, the better car. Um, I watched a brief interview with Kyle Busch, and he said after the testing, he said you get big runs in the back straightaway, and you go to get in the turn, and your run just kind of dies, and you can't really pass. So mm-hmm. from what he said by that, I think he's kind of a, against it too. But I haven't seen any other interviews on what the drivers think about it, but I'm totally against it. Yeah, it, it's gonna be, it, it's very in the early stages there at Las Vegas too. You know, we're not – these teams haven't worked on the car yet. They haven't found the downforce yet, you know, like they're like they're accustomed to doing. So uh, it, it could be completely pack, different pack, completely different package by the time we get to June and July when these teams have, you know, four or five months working on these race cars. Um, but you bring up a lot of good points there, Spencer. Absolutely, uh, I do think track position is going to be a, something that will certainly have a bigger effect here in 2019. But you bring up a good point about the, the teams that don't normally run up front. I think they'll have a better shot at it. Also, Philip, I think this will help, and this is something NASCAR really needs to focus on. I, I've always said, you can say what you want about the package. The biggest problem to me was the fact that the leader got away and it could never be caught because of clean air. It seems like that will sort of, I won't say eliminate this pro- that problem, but it will not 
clean air won't be as big a factor, I don't think. Now, that can completely change. That can completely wrong. But what are your thoughts, Philip, on this rule package for 2019? You've heard me and Spencer. We've kind of been eh about it at, at best. That's being kindly. What are your thoughts? I mean, I, I concur with you guys in the sense that when a stock Mustang and a stock Camaro with a V8 has more horsepower than what those cars are going to have at times this year, uh, it's not that it's not a great thing. I don't believe taking horsepower away from the Cup Series makes any sense. It's something where Cup cars are supposed to be hard to drive. You watch old videos of Petty and Pearson and Allison and all that driving sideways because they're on bias bike tires, bow and arrow tires, big horsepower engines. You watch Dale Earnhardt driving sideways, smoking the right rear tires. You know, you go Davey Allison, who's going to the Hall of Fame tomorrow. And you got all these people. You think about how they drove race cars and how loose they were. And now you're just making this an aerodynamic exercise and just basically putting this enormous wing on the back of it. And, you know, it's like, why don't we just go back to what Brett Bodine did with the COT? Just put a, put a, put a wing on the back of it, make it, put some squared front end on it, put a square back end on it, let it have no identity and let's go and take the engineers out of it and run again. I mean, it's, it, I'll let it, we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens at Atlanta. I don't think that Kevin Harvick is going to be able to be beat there no matter what the aero package is. Vegas is really going to be a key because they're going to test for these next couple of days. It sounds like you can get runs, but getting around is the same thing. It's like, okay, so instead of the leader getting away, which is a product of being able to make a good race car in general, uh, they'll all be in a pack, but nothing's going to happen. It's kind of like being at restrictor plate races and the the leader weaving back and forth and dictating who's able to get a run. Uh, I mean, whatever. I We'll see what happens at Las Vegas in a few weeks to really make a, a full determination. I'm not – I would rather they go back to a package that was similar to 2014 where they didn't have that much spoiler – uh, and they had mm-hmm. max horsepower, and you saw that championship battle was very, uh, very compelling, and it had all manufacturers involved, uh, more Chevy and Ford, of course, with Kevin Harvick, Brad Keselowski, Jeff Gordon. It was a compelling battle. Uh, I think that would be more of where they should be going, but obviously you're trying to dictate to uh, small you know, the short attention span and trying to, they're reducing seats everywhere to make it sound like they have sellouts. Um, Yep. So trying to make pack racing, they want to have IROC. I guess that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to make IROC. And, you know, we'll see what happens. I agree. Listen, I'm glad, Philip, you feel that way because you seem, and Spencer, I know Spencer personally, I've never met you personally before, so you seem like a a, a, a fan that's got um, you know, a very level head of, you know, you know the sport very, very well. And I'm glad you said a lot of that stuff because, you know, it can be a little nauseating on, on, uh, on Twitter and, and when people are saying, hey, you know, they get mad at you because they say, why don't you wait for the package, but then they're telling you it's going to be great after one test. 
So, I mean, it's kind of like, what are you, what are you kidding me? Um, so, it, it just, and I'm going to say this, and, I, and I've been on a record to say this, so I don't, I don't care about saying this again. I, I think this was this package, and I hope I'm wrong. You know, it's funny because you live in New Jersey, and I don't know where uh, exactly, and I don't want you to get too specific about where you live in New Jersey, but I live in the tri-state area, and we get a lot of New York sports. And it's funny because I listen to the sports radio a lot on there, and uh, the Jets just hired Adam Gase as head coach. And there was a, a, a radio personality who was very, very, very against Adam Gase being hired as head coach. He wanted Mike McCarthy in the worst way. And he said, you know, I don't want people to think that I don't want this to work because I do want this to work. But I'm just saying I don't think it's going to work. So and, and I sat there and I said, that's exactly how I feel about this package. It's, that, it's not that I don't want it to work. It's that I've watched the sports since I've been five years old, even before that. And I, I know what kind of racing I like to see. You know, I know – and I just think this was sort of in the wrong direction. Um, and, you know, there's stuff I can live with. You know, I can live with, the, with, with stages on, as hard as that was to swallow. I can live with that. I can live with changing little things here and there. But this package to me, man, it, is, it was a major change. And, again, um, you have to look at it and say – are we getting to a point where it gets a little bit gimmicky? Um, to me, I was having a conversation today actually about this with a buddy of mine. I, I think what NASCAR has done in the last five to ten years, and I can't put a pinpoint on it exactly when it started to change this, but they've gone away from the traditional fan, the traditional race fan, and they've sort of tried to, tried to cater to the new fan and cater to people. And, that's, and what they've done in that, is take out the true racing. You know, I know a lot of fans don't want to see cars, you know, a ton of laps down and stuff like that. But sometimes that happens. And if it's a good race and it's, and it's fun to watch and you see a lot of cars passing each other, does it really matter that we have 25 cars in a lead lap or eight cars in a lead lap? But to me, it really doesn't matter. You know, when you think about one of the greatest finishes of all time, and I'm talking about the Ricky Craven and the Kurt Busch finish, how many cars are in a lead lap in that, in that race? I ask people that all the time. Oh, I don't know. Of course you don't know because it doesn't matter. It takes two mm-hmm. cars to have a good finish. That's it. Two cars. So it didn't matter what – and if you say, I don't even know, maybe it was 12, 14 cars at Darlington maybe. It, to me, it doesn't, it doesn't matter because when, when you ask them that question, they go, oh, I don't know. Well, if it was that big of a problem, if it was that, that important to you that, 15, that 35 cars finish on the lead lap, then you should know how many cars finish on the lead lap when Kurt Busch and, and uh, Ricky Craven had an epic battle at Darlington. So, um, listen, again, I, I'm, I, I said it before and I'll say it again. I, it's not that I don't want this package to work because I do. I just don't think it's going to. Um, and I know, guys, we kind of went over the time here um, that, that I wish originally wanted to go over. I know you guys are doing this, and I appreciate it. Uh, but final thoughts here, Spencer, before we get uh, ready for 2019. Um, next, you know, a week from the Super Bowl, we will be qualifying for the Daytona 500. Can't wait. But final thoughts on what you're looking forward to for 2019. Good racing. I mean, I think that's what we all want. Uh, but it, I, it, it's going to be. I don't know. This whole package is kind of throwing me off. I'm. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But uh, yeah, just good racing. I don't want this package to get boring because um, you know restrictor play racing can get boring, and this is kind of the same concept with that. So um, yeah, let's just go racing.
I agree. Uh, there's certainly, and the good thing is, I think I don't think the short tracks. I don't think you really can change them. I think you're always going to have a great race at Martinsville and a great race um, at Bristol and in, in Richmond as well and in, in Darlington. So I think those races in the package, I don't think it's going to really change all that much there. Um, so that's good. But Philip, what are your thoughts? What, do you, what else is there? Something we didn't touch on maybe that you're looking forward to for 2019 before we wrap up the show? I think, I mean, in terms of the Cup Series, we for the time we had, we kind of went over everything. Uh, at least on the ball, we gave it a good look. I'm I'm looking forward to see this quote last restrictor play race. I mean, what's the difference? They're, they're running tapered spacers on these engines, anyways. There's still a restrictor plate on the, in a sense. But uh, we'll see how these guys drive and how many wrecked race cars they're going to have at Daytona, because I figure there'll be a lot. Um, there has been the last few years, because with, with the way these guys drive at, at these races, they drive as though they don't know how to use a brake or have any common sense. So I'm right. curious to see how much of a demo derby, or if it will be a demo derby at all during the um, the clash, uh, which will be in during the day. So that'll be an interesting uh, would be a good way to see where the cars are and who's going to be fast. And also, uh, you know, qualifying will probably be similar to what it has been over recent years. But I'm just looking forward to having racing, uh, cup racing back and NASCAR in general. And it'll be great because racing has started in a sense, but it's slow. And now that February's coming around, we'll be back to what we're all here for love racing and get that going. Yep. Absolutely. I'm, I'm with you there. And, and something interesting to keep on the Daytona 500 before I wrap up, you brought up this is the last restricted plate race. Good point because these cars are probably, all of them are probably going to be irrelevant after Daytona. So it's going to be, I, you know, and that makes me scratch my head a little bit. Are these teams going to take it a little bit easy in the first part of speed weeks because maybe they didn't put as much time into their backup cars as they normally would have? Uh, or are they going to say, you know what, checkers are records. We got two cars. I don't care if we, we're not, you know, these cars are going to be irrelevant after Sunday anyway. Um, so let's just go for it. Uh, I think for the 500, that's certainly going to be the mentality. Go for it, bring back nothing but the steering wheel or the checkered flag. So um going to be very interesting to see how that all plays out here in February at Daytona. Well, guys, I want to thank you so much, both of you, for, for helping uh, coming on and, and, and making a commitment to do this podcast. I thought tonight went phenomenal. And I uh, look forward to our next show together. We'll be in touch. I want to thank everybody for listening and talking in circles tonight. We'll see you next time. Good night, everybody.